0: All right, everybody take two
1: two okay uh so we are back we are you know by the time we're recording this we are at the final stretch of election season I hope y'all went out there got your early votes in uh, yeah
0: I think that this will come out after the election
1: that is wild
0: I just hope the world isn't burning
1: that the, the Wednesday morning after election day is nothing like the Wednesday morning we saw four years ago. Let's just put it that way. Mm. <laughs> but that being said, in lieu of already talking about showing up to work and dealing uh, with, you know, struggles both at work and outside of work, Uh, Niar and I thought that it'd be kind of um, interesting to share our personal journey so far working from home and share kind of three the top three things that have helped each of us get through it and persist um, in terms of you know dealing with our mental health and showing up to work at the same time (laughs) segue to uh, start things off like we always do with Mm -hmm. our WTF moments and um, and how we've persisted this week. Do you want to, do you want to start Niara? I really don't because I've realized
0: that I completely forgot what I thought of before. (laughs) (laughs) I need a second. I need a second. You know, usually my WTF is something around the happenings of the world, which feels Often like it's burning, but I'm not going to lie to you and I'm not going to lie to our listeners. I have a rough week. I had a rough week of mounting anxiety that culminated in a day of just one of those days where you can choose one way to be able to function. And so I chose my job. I chose to be able to do my job for the day and that was about it. So with all of that in mind, my WTF is that I didn't even really have the bandwidth to really dig into the news. Mm. Um, I listened to, you know, a couple podcasts, just general updates on the election. But I really had to set that boundary this week of accepting that, you know, I just can't I can't take in the world's problems this week because I, I need to <laughs> deal with my own right now. So that, I guess that's my what the fuck is just my brain rebelling and being exhausting. But why I persist is the community that I've built around me that's there to remind me That A, it's okay to have like bad days and that's acceptable, but B, that it's okay to lean on other people as whatever you like, whatever you need. Like, you're not automatically codependent just because you need a hug or just because you are requesting that someone just kind of like sit with you while you do something. I don't know about anyone else, but sometimes I'm just, I just, need someone to sit down next to me or to stay on the phone with me. We don't even really talk that much, but like an emotional anchor that I can kind of like latch onto so I'm not flying off into some rabbit hole of catastrophe. So yeah, I guess emotional anchors
1: are why I persist. What an amazing anchor. I think, you know, you've definitely hit a point where it should be more talked about. You know, I I think that, yes, there's been a lot of talk about being able to, you know, like forgive yourself and that, you know, given all the things that happened this year that, you know, we are expected to have the moments where we just can't show up. But I feel like you know, now that we're going into the end of the year, a lot of, you know, companies are kind of expecting us and employees to kind of find normalcy and work again, uh, only because maybe because, you know, things are opening back up or... we um, have been at it so long. <laughs> and we've been working for home for quite some time now. So like, uh, you should get adjusted. And I think quite frankly, and I think it has to do with my... WTF moment too. I you know recently caught up with some friends and I was telling them about how my new job has been and you know if if I could compare it to you know my previous job and the fact is I can't because I've virtually started um, this job. Yeah. All it's all been remote. The way that you experience work culture, you know, office etiquettes, just getting to know your Company, your employees—it's totally different. And you're bringing up the fact that people are stuck at home with their entire lives. Mm -hmm.
0: Like majority, what I would say probably like eighty percent of my life just revolves around one room right now.
1: Exactly. And so the fact of the matter is, I there's no way that I can even say whether or not my you know and compare the experiences of my new job with anything else because quite honestly. We've all been through so much this year.
0: 2020 is traumatic.
1: Every single one of us has has gone through so much this year and we can't- Compare it to anything. We can't forget that in the workplace. We just can't. We have to fully acknowledge that there is no adjustment. There is no getting used to this. This is not normal. So stop trying to normalize work in a in a world where it's not normal. It's
0: just not, yeah. And one of the things that
1: I caught myself
0: doing and I'm going to try to do better about. So a few weeks ago, I messaged my boss. I just like woke up in a really like, if I had had to leave the house to go to work, I'm not sure I would have made it to work. And I just woke up in one of those states but I didn't have to leave the house. And I was like, okay, it was another one of those, like, I can do one thing today. I'm going to do my job. And I messaged my boss on Slack and I let her know, I was like, Hey, I'm going to be online today. Um, I'm, I woke up and I'm having a really rough time with my depression this morning, but I'm, I wanted to let you know that I'm showing up the best that I can.
1: Hmm.
0: And she was super understanding. And, and we had our, um, like standing weekly meeting later that week and she was like yeah i really appreciate you letting me know that and like keeping me on the same page and and that went that went great but then this week i had kind of another one of those days where i was like i'm doing my best and i'm showing up as much as i can um but i felt like I couldn't do it again. You know, like, oh, it's too soon. I'm having too many of these days. It's, I like, people are just going to think I'm making up excuses now. All of these things that just stereotypes and chemical imbalances and the stress of 2020 circulate through your head. Right. And so this week wasn't a day that maybe I handled that sequence of emotions in the best way and that's okay
1: that is okay
0: and I want to let listeners know that if they've gone through the same thing like that's okay and you don't need to feel guilty or bad or whatever it may be um because I'd like to point out that like mental health and cognitive differences are a form of diversity and it's a form of diversity that's also not like an an inclusion and different set of needs that's also not talked about
1: absolutely
0: um so I have just dedicated I guess myself to talking about my mental health like it's the same as saying my day is going well and hoping that normalizing it from my end will help someone else feel a little more normal about it um so hopefully that doesn't come to bite me in the ass.
1: <laughs> One person, and I'm sure there are so many people out there who who need to hear those words right now. Got gotcha. y'all. Email
0: us if you're having a rough time. If you have other questions,
1: <laughs> on Instagram.
0: Yeah. Anywho, Deb, Deb.
1: What is your? Why I persist this week? I think in tandem with everything else we just talked about, I think, you know, as I was catching up with my friends, I jumped back to, you know, a time when I did not have a job. And I was going through a whirlwind of emotions. And, you know, I just reminded myself that we are all in different phases of our lives and Mm -hmm. we have lost in one form or the other and it it made me think about how and and this is why your words are so so important still today Niara is that there are still so many people you know who are still looking for a job or Mm -hmm. there are so many people who are still scared about being evicted and there are still some people who don't know where their next meal is going to be and so again to try and normalize our lives is absolutely ridiculous right now because a lot of the world and a lot of the people that can be people in our company like we never know what's going on in their personal lives who are going through so much Um, because I already know that there are still some, like, just go on LinkedIn, folks. Go on LinkedIn. LinkedIn has changed its course forever because it is no longer a place where we share job status updates. It's where people come together and share that they've been furloughed, that they've been laid off, that, um, you know, they're trying to, you know, go through this pandemic um and show up to work at the same time. It's a mm-hmm. place where community is coming together and that's something that still keeps me going because I personally want to be there for the people who are still trying to find a job because I personally know just how hard it is. And so again, if you know we we kind of shouted you out in previous episodes, but if you're out there you're still looking for a job, Nyara and I are both here and we want to provide resources because man, oh man, it's 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 hard now, more than ever, yeah, yes.
0: And I don't know if this would be, I guess let us know if this would be helpful, but kind of going over like tips and tricks for resumes and cover letters and that whole and like getting together your whole application bundle because ugh, there's just so much that is not widely talked about. And how do you I went through my friend's resume for her, and She had all this stuff written down and I went through it and literally all I did was put it in different phrasing. I didn't exaggerate anything. I didn't lie about anything. I didn't add anything that she didn't tell me. I just changed the wording and she got it back and was like, oh my God, wait, I sound so impressive. I was like, yeah, because you are impressive. This is all what you did. I just put it in more resume ish language, but that's a skill. That's something you have to practice
1: women and especially women and women of color are more likely to downplay their experience. That's like a proven statistic.
0: Yeah. So if that would be helpful to you to hear more about how I and Deb manage and communicate about our mental health in the workplace and make sure that that's being, that's being healthily addressed because again, that's not a conversation. That's not a pro- an approach that anyone talks about. Um, yeah. And I'm really thankful that I have a personal relationship with my manager. And so I feel comfortable bringing that stuff up. But if I didn't, no one, I, I figured out how to bring that stuff up, How wh- how to deal with it on my own. No one talked to me about it in those like, business communication classes interpersonal communication like here's what to expect when you get into the workforce they act like in preparing for the workforce you just turn into a work bot and you have no nothing personal right so
1: i will say uh if you know you are a person who does not know who to go to um i would say it partner with, with your HR team. I'm hoping your company has, a, an, has an HR team that, or a people team who, who is willing to, to hear you out. And I know that an effective people team, you know, that's what they're for. Um, I'm obviously advocating for my, my career folks out there, but I, I know that, I'll, you know, speak just speaking from my personal role at my company, I would want to know, If we had a team member who was struggling with mental health and did not know who to go to, I would want them to pull me aside because I am there to listen. And I think even
0: if you aren't necessarily comfortable kind of like talking out like the depths of what's happening, know that depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, um, schizophrenia, the whole the whole gamut of it does count as a disability and thus you are entitled to a reasonable or what is it called? A reasonable accommodation? Accommodations. Yes. Yeah. ADA. Um. Yeah. In the ADA, which turned 30 this year, that's the Americans with disability act. So even if you just go to your employer and have to say, Hey, I have like, I have this, a, a diagnosed medical something, whatever, Deb can help with the phrasing better, but like you don't have to give your diagnosis. You just have to say, I I do have an official diagnosis and this is the, the accommodation that I need.
1: Absolutely. And I will say that if you if you decide that you want to keep things confidential, it is up to the HR team to keep things absolutely confidential. So they will make things work for you. Your team does not have to know. Your manager does not have to know if you're not comfortable sharing with your manager. And so they should be a safe space where you can go and freely talk about what you're struggling with, especially if you have um, a diagnosed condition.
0: Um, just like for the HR side of things, have you had to have those conversations, Deb? Have you ever had to kind of deal with that more like heavy confidential end of things? And, and how did you handle it? What did you see worked? What did you see didn't work? Um, just for either if we have any HR staff out there listening or anyone that maybe wants to take tips to their HR and say, I think this could be a good thing for us.
1: Yes, I've had to have those conversations a couple times. Circumstances where the employee did not want to reveal uh, their condition to anybody else but us um, and just providing them reassurance. I think the first, just the first tip is just leave with empathy. Right. And the, and the fact that, you know, the one thing that I will always say is when a person comes to you and reveals something this personal, do you honestly think that they would want to deal with something every single day of their life? Right. Like, do you think somebody honestly wants to deal with mental health issues? No. The answer is no. But the other um, side is the fact that they do want to show up to work. Mm hmm. And so at the same time, while trying to be there for this person, you also want to make sure that you're making work work for them, Mm -hmm. right? Because at the end of the day, it's not like, okay, you have a free pass, (laughs) to not show up to work at all. Right, Right, exactly. And that's not what most people are looking for. Right. In most cases, people genuinely want to show up to work. They just do not know how to because they have something that is clearly blocking them And so, you know, the great thing about, you know, successful HR teams and people teams is they figure out how to make work work for the person. Um, And in cases where the employee does want to reveal that information with their manager, we, you know, we work with the manager as well. Managers, I don't blame them. Sometimes they have absolutely no idea on how to help Yeah walking on eggshells and i think again you're bringing it back to just the human piece the empathy piece um, this person generally wants to be the best self at work and if it's you know feasible for the business why can't we allow this person to be able to log off you know just an hour in the morning just to gather their thoughts right so that they can show up for the next hour you know maybe an hour later do their even best better yeah even better for the rest of the day um Blocking out a specific time every single week and letting the manager know and being okay with it for that person to have their counseling sessions, right? And I am a firm believer of it can be during work hours. Like, do not be sorry about having it during work hours, right? As long as you get your work done.
0: Yeah. Honestly, at least in my brain, number one, reasonable accommodation that even if all right, maybe I have to work an hour later, or if you're a morning person, go to work an hour earlier. It's so hard to find a good therapist that you drive with and then make sure that they're on your insurance. And then to also have to make sure that they offer late or early hours. Like, first of all, if you're looking for a therapist and you're going through that struggle and it seems like you can't find someone, I'm really sorry, but know that it's not you. You're not doing something wrong. You're not incompetent. I've had all the thoughts. I know know what can start running through your head. It's not you. It is an honestly really difficult part, especially because if you're in the US, at least, healthcare system, not great, does not highlight mental health as much as it should. Absolutely. But Yeah. yeah, I just wanted to highlight that because I think that's so huge that if you find someone that works for you on all these different levels... Do not let the fact that you might have to take an hour out of your day, especially now when a lot of therapists are offering video consultations, so you don't even need that transit time. Do not let that be what stops you from getting the help that you need.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, in addition, something as little as working with your HR team, you know, and um, and partnering with your HR team on you know Zoom meetings where you just do not want to show up on camera yeah employers are not like they should not be forcing you to keep your video on at all times if you're not feeling it you have every right to keep your camera off right and you know like you shouldn't have to explain why you know something as little as that and just being on you know being still being present in a meeting but being off video that is a small thing that can can make all the difference right and like again you should not be afraid to, to want to be able to do that Again, we all are dealing with things at home and sometimes we just need it. We just need the freaking video off. <laughs> I
0: just, you don't know what I look like. You don't know how puffy my eyes might be. You don't know how rough I look. Like I don't need everybody and I'm sure other people feel this way. I don't need everybody to know that I'm having a rough day or to what extent by just like visually seeing my my face and my space. It kind of comes back to the confidentiality side of it. There's a lot that you can tell, especially from people that if you work in an office with them, so they, they know your facial expressions, they know your body language.
1: It's a dead giveaway. It's a dead tell. Especially as you're going to like see no depression. Mm. And so again, what are the top three things that have helped you so far? Oh, yeah. I hope you. Oh.
0: what a fun time let me pour my tea before (laughs) a little asmr i have like really struggled with mine as well in my adult life and have been really on the up and up for about two years almost exactly right now like two years ago a huge shift my entire life changed so I kind of have the perspective of handling work from a, like, mental health, very unmanaged place, and then from mental health, like, getting a handle on it, which does not mean that it's perfect, all gone, mm. whatever you want to say, but, God, unmanaged? I was just white-knuckling it, honestly, let's be real. Um but making sure that I was speaking up and going to therapy and not letting that hour, that daytime opening get in the way of me getting the mental health like help that I need. So I think that was really the main work tip that I had before I was really getting a handle on it. But after it's been huge for me, and this is especially during COVID as well, to accept that you grow and as you grow your tools that you need or what works or what doesn't work changes and that's not a bad thing you it's just it's acceptable it's normal i'm actually in the middle of figuring out what works for me again right now it's seeming like getting back into a morning routine which COVID just destroyed my morning routine, but getting into that is, is huge. And really for me, writing things down is so huge. Like it just works with my brain well. So writing my to-do list and really like crossing it off. And then I also, that means I also have something to go back on. And when I'm feeling like I don't do anything or I can't do anything, seeing this is, no, this is what you've done. Like you can look back it's all there. You're definitely like, you're doing okay. In terms of getting that morning routine going, for me personally, it works really well to build on it. So I think that a lot of people feel like, and myself included, if you don't do it all at once, and if you don't do it perfect, then it doesn't count or it's not oppressive, or it's not helpful. I started at the top of the year, and this really helped stable me out. And then again, (laughs) COVID. I started by just waking up earlier, just waking up earlier for a week at whatever time I decided I needed to. And then I would do like five minutes of meditation and like 10 minutes of exercise with that time frame, still not the full routine I was aiming for and then I would add on like working out for longer and then I and meditating for longer and then I would add on okay now I'm going to take this workout and make it to the gym and just like piece by piece adding it on and all of a sudden I was like oh my god (laughs) I'm meditating every morning I'm getting to the gym I'm eating breakfast like this is great when did this happen And it was actually a tip that I got from the NPR podcast, Hidden Brain, just talking about like a lot of like really successful people when they're asked, like, how do you have the willpower? Like, what's your secret? They just like remove the friction from between themselves and where they are and whatever this habit they want is. So like laying out your gym clothes the night before, or maybe deciding that you're gonna have the same breakfast every morning. Just all of these different things to help really alleviate decision fatigue, which for anyone that doesn't know, is just this concept that as you go through the day and you make even little decisions of what to make eat for breakfast, what to wear if you don't leave the house at a steady time and like deciding what time to leave the house, all of those things, they build up. And by the end of the day, Your brain is just not as equipped to make these decisions. So having a routine where you just jump right in and and your brain just kind of goes on autopilot and knows exactly what's going to happen really saves you a lot of that brain power to keep for managing your emotions or managing, you know, whatever your brain slash the world is doing that day. So I guess number one is... Reviewing the tools that you're using to take care of yourself in and out of work and being willing to adapt them and, and make the changes where they're necessary. Number two has just been communication, 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 uh, and more communication. I talked to my my manager pretty openly about my mental health. So we're just on the same page. And it's kind of like, I don't know if anyone else has done this. But if I'm nervous about something, if I enter a meeting, where I'm doing a presentation, and I'm nervous, and I just try to power through it, I just get more and more nervous as it goes on. And I'll shake and my voice will start getting shaky. But if at the top of it, I just, you know, hey, everybody, welcome, like, You know, I'm a little nervous. This is a little like intimidating for me, just something small. I don't have to harp on it. It doesn't have to be a whole intro, but just saying it out loud and knowing that everyone knows that I'm nervous makes me less, I guess for me, it's like less afraid that people are gonna like see me mess up and think that I'm like incompetent, which that's definitely another mindset in itself that I need to work on. But for the time being, it's like, I know that they know if I mess up, this is why it's because I'm nervous. It's because like, I just put it all out on the table. And so taking that kind of mentality and, and doing the same thing with my manager or whoever I need to work with that day, just a quick, like, Hey, I'm, I'm feeling off today or Hey, my anxiety is kicking my butt today. So they know that I, if I mess up, it's not that I don't care or I'm slacking off. It, it's that I'm showing up the best that I can and this is my best right now. And like, that's okay. Um, yeah. And then in terms of leadership as well, I would say communication like that, obviously you don't have to be, you don't have to pour your entire life out on the table for those that report to you but at least for me just a little level of vulnerability and knowing that the person I'm reporting to is human too and Mm -hmm. the person that I'm reporting to understands what it's like to struggle it makes them feel so much more accessible it feels like it makes taking advantage of policies that could help me feel more accessible and more acceptable. And it just makes those policies actually part of the culture instead of some words on a page in the handbook that maybe someone read once when they started three years ago. So that's my number two It's just always, always, always communication, communication. And I just had my number three and now it left. And give me a second and it'll come back. <laughs> oh, just like easier said than done. But accepting myself and not comparing myself to others. Because, well, for one thing, they definitely have struggles that you are not aware of. Maybe there may not be and probably aren't the exact same struggles, but they have things that make it hard for them to show up the same every day and they're handling it. However, they're handling it That you know, that's not in my business how they're handling it, but to compare myself to other people and say, well, they don't, I don't see them, you know, having to go to the bathroom to, to take a like cry break, <laughs> or I don't see them getting overwhelmed and like needing to go finish the day at home every now and then like I don't see them doing these things and so they're better than me or they they're they whatever or than me so not comparing myself in that sense but also like even if that is the case what am I going to do about it I I am who I am and I'm at the place in my journey that I'm at I can't speed that up I know that I'm actively working and working really hard to better myself every day and balance myself better every day. So that's all I can do. Whatever pace this goes at in light of that, I can't speed it up. So what is the what is the point in comparing myself to other people, what they what it looks like they're doing or how they're living or what I actually know. It's not going to change anything. And I honestly, I don't want to work at a space that's not going to be okay with that. Right. What kind of what kind of pressure is that to bring with me when I'm already concerned about doing my best to then think that everyone around me is has all eyes on me and is like watching me under a microscope. Do I sometimes feel like that? Yeah, but I try to remember that it's probably not the case and that at least a few other people in the company probably feel that way too like the likelihood that you're having a thought that no one else has ever had very very low (laughs) so number three is just trying to work past the comparison and know that I'm not like I guess not only am I doing my best and that's that is what it is. What I have nothing better to offer than my best. That's the definition of the word. But also that I have a, like, I can look back. I have a proven track record of things that I've done and accomplishments that I have and moments that I'm like, yes, I am intelligent. So in those moments of self-doubt and in those moments of like, oh God, like I can't do this and I am like going through these things and they're going to like fire me remembering that I showed up. I have shown them my value and I continue to and just because maybe I need a mental health day or I'm off one day or I need to turn my camera off on the Zoom meeting that doesn't that doesn't change anything. So I think that's number 3.
1: Nice. Thank you so much for sharing. There was a lot of vulnerability that um, took place right there. I'm sure so many people are going to be hearing the words that you just said and going to find validation for sure.
0: I really hope so. Because I know it's scary when you don't have that or if you're not ready to tell people and so you don't even have the opportunity for them to remind you.
1: Absolutely. So. Let me be your unsolicited
0: friend in your little earbud. That's all I have to
1: say. People will definitely have earbuds or AirPods or headphones, headsets. Maybe they're in their car.
0: Maybe I forgot that people do that.
1: Maybe you're in your car. Um, but going into my three things that definitely has helped me and my, my mental health for sure is uh, first and foremost... Don't feel guilty for not being able to show up, and this can be—you know—this can apply to work. You know, and although we're mostly talking about work here, this can definitely apply to other facets of your life. Um, you know, whether it's catching up with friends or having—you know—Zoom happy hour obligations with family or the, the high school group you're meaning to catch up with. Yeah. Do not feel guilty for you know, not even being able to figure out why you just can't show up. You will have those days. And I remember as, I, I have a this distinct memory, um, you know, the last week um, after finding out, the last week of work that I had after, after finding out that I was being furloughed, um, you know, my company required us to stay online until the end of that week. And I you know, just couldn't. I couldn't show up to Zoom meetings. I couldn't answer my emails. And I couldn't, I couldn't interact. I couldn't even interact with my coworkers on Slack. And at some point, in all of my anxiety and all the the emotions that were fueling through my mind, I decided that I had every right to not be able to show up. And thankfully, I also had a great manager at the time to be able to communicate that. But um, you know, and this is one example out of so many that people can be going through, whether it's dealing with having to homeschool your kids while sh- trying to show up to work, having to deal with, you know, immense, de- you know, depression and anxiety being stuck in a 124 foot room all day during quarantine during those first three months in-, in New York City. Again, you have, we have every right to be able to validate what we are going through. And to not have to justify our emotions and not have to feel like we have to produce the same caliber of work before everything happened. That is just unacceptable for companies to think that the standards, the same standards still apply. We need to throw that standard out the door. Um, And so again, please, if you're listening to this and if you feel guilty sometimes for not being able to turn on your Zoom video or not being able to uh, like reply on Slack to a question right away because you're just having a moment while making your tea at home. (laughs) Do not feel guilty because I guarantee you, you know, uh, your team and your other colleagues are going through again, so many different things. Um, And so that is my first tip. Do not feel guilty for not being able to show up to work. Uh, This is a great segue into number two, which is very similar, uh, but I would say throw the word productivity out the window and out of your vocabulary. That definition has definitely changed, especially in 2020.
0: It's hard to throw out the window, though. I'll say that. Just like I can see people talking to their radio, radio, talking to their system and being like, right, Deb, but it's hard. It's It's really stuck in there
1: really stuck in there and like somehow we're all I know I'm always wired and I'm always again I'm always feeling guilty sometimes when I end the day and I'm logging off or I'm signing off and I'm being offline and I question myself did I do enough today have I done everything that I could and again like my HR brain is always you know talking and am I and like is my output always justifying the the financial impact I'm having to the business. And again, going back to especially, you know, everything being heightened in our world today, I challenge everybody to think of the ways that what of the ways productivity is being defined anymore. I personally think us, every one of us being able to wake up in the morning and show up to work at um, whatever our virtual office hours are now, 9, 9.30, 10. Even that, I would say, is called being productive. Being able to acknowledge you know, everything that's going on in the world and being able to digest the news, digest all of the happenings in our world to know that you've possibly lost a family member or a friend in all of this and to still show up to work that's being productive to know that you were planning on doing 10 things off of your task list but you were really able to execute the top five priority tasks on your checklist that is being productive being able to sit through a an hour-long zoom meeting. That is that was a department update or a, a check in with your manager. Being able to fully be present in that meeting, that is being productive. For you know, and I think that if we can count all the little wins that we are still going through, you know, there's there's a lot of people who still need to report into work, you know, in person, um, whether it be in an office setting or in a retail or hospitality or grocery or medical office setting the fact that, again, if you're walking in through the doors, whether physically or virtually, that is showing up.
0: That's actually reminding me of a tip that I heard. It's one of the 10,000 webinars I've attended during quarantine, just to try to break down that expectation and step by step try to break it down, because I know it can be really hard to just be like, I showed up, so that's fine. Like, and let go of years of training, like societal training. It's this one, three, one rule. And for those days where your list just seems too big for whatever your brain is experiencing that day, picking one thing off of your to-do list that is like must get done today, has to get done. Then you pick three things that you would like to get done today but if it falls over in tomorrow, into tomorrow, that's okay. Like it just needs to get done in the next few days. And then making sure that you pick one thing in that day for yourself. It doesn't have to be a huge thing, but one thing that honestly isn't about productivity, isn't about giving to your, your business or whatever it may be. For me, my, my one is sometimes... <laughs> repotting my plants, putting down a trash bag and like sitting with dirt around me and talking to my plants, like, you know, the plant fanatic that I am. Um, For some people, it might be taking time to do your makeup today. Yeah. It might be going for the jog, whatever. Just make sure there's some point in the day where you're making sure that you're refilling your cup.
1: And I would say that is considered productive. Taking the time to go for a dog, that is considered productive. Does it have to do with work? Absolutely, because it affects the way that you show up to work the next day. So instead of using the word, quote unquote, productivity, which has obviously has so many connotations, I would just, you know, throw that at the window and at the end of every day. Just count all of the accomplishment all, all of the accomplishments that you've had for that day, everything that you've accomplished, everything that you got done, and all of the wins that you are taking account for. So you were able to get your inbox to zero that day. That's a that's a that is a huge accomplishment. You that's able- huge any day. Well, <laughs> to you were able to get through five back to back Zoom meetings, you know, and now you have you may have zoom fatigue but you got through it and that is a huge win for that day like that in itself is a huge accomplishment and then the fa- I mean, as we look back and as we actually look or actually kind of remind myself our, ourselves of all the things that we actually did get accomplished that day instead of focusing on whether or not we could have been more productive that in itself is going to help us be able to you know for like be more kind to ourselves Um, and to have more self-love for ourselves, Um, to know that productivity questions our value and our worth at work when our accomplishments highlight our worth and our value at work. And so I would say, yeah, it's it's controversial, but I'm going to go out and say it. Throw the word productivity out of your vocabulary. The last thing I think um, is is you know, closely aligned to what Niara just said. I think it's really, really important that you always take the time to make sure that you are doing something that brings you joy and something that you can find complete release in. Um, I was recently listening to a podcast um, and it was really interesting because you know I found out that all of us go through stress cycles. And so if we have a work fire Um, And, you know, our anxiety shoots up during that work fire, we find a solution and great that work fire has been resolved, even though that work fire is no longer a thing that we have to deal with. We still need to be able to deal with the anxiety that we just went through because of trying to put out this work fire and how are we going to release that we're not going to release that at work. Um, We're not going to throw ourselves back into the same environment that created the anxiety in the first place. Um, we need some way to to resolve that stress cycle and so you know for some people it's jogging going for a run letting releasing those emotions that just shot up anxiety for some people it's baking you know baking it relieves so much stress for some people for me it's going to cause me more anxiety so I would rather not bake but you know spending some time with your plants going and hugging, this is really interesting too. There was an example of go- if you go and hug your partner or your family member or just a friend for just 20 seconds, that 20 seconds will just help relieve your stress cycle. Um, just just being in the presence of somebody else and just thinking about nothing else, but being in that person's arms for just 20 seconds will help you so much. It's um, so beautiful. It is beautiful. And so, you know, whatever it is, just make sure you are taking the time to re- to bring your stress cycle back to full circle and you're taking the time to be able to do something that you can just release um so that you can start the day fresh again the next day
0: yeah i think that in kind of like figuring out how to have it, get that that downtime and in also in just telling Speaking up at work about how you're best supported, understanding your love languages I think is actually huge. I don't think that a lot of people think of them in terms of work because it has the word love in it and that feels like the opposite of professional or whatever. But at the end of the day, your love languages are just the ways that you best express appreciation and all the all the the best way that you uh, express the positive aspects of relationships to another party. And a relationship does not only there's so many different kinds of relationships. There is romantic, and there's platonic. There's an acquaintance, there's a colleague. That is a relationship. So understanding how best you receive that feedback to feel positive because at the end of the day, that's what it is is going to be really helpful and, and finding out what best translates to them as positive feedback. There's, just for people that aren't aware, there's five love languages. There's physical touch, quality time, words of affirmation. So that's like saying you did a good job, saying I'm proud of you, like highlighting positive feedback there are acts of service so let me clean up for you do you have a lot on your plate at work today i can do one of those like one of those tasks for you or you know those types of things and then you've got gifts which are we all know what a gift is <laughs> and if you search love languages quizzes love languages quiz on google you can find a quiz that'll help you figure it out if you're not sure so
1: Throwing that out there. All right. So, um, well, that kind of wraps up how, you know, Niar and I have gotten through our just life and work and everything in between. Um, and obviously, this is not going to help us be able to, you know, somehow relieve all of the feelings that we will encounter, you know, in the in the future and in this week. But, you know, there's just... Some of the things that we practice and and try to as we all just continue to show up in our lives every single day.
0: Before we end, I realized that I forgot a really big, I forgot it because I haven't been in the office for so long, but I forgot a really big thing that helps me make sure like to businesses, make sure that there is a quiet space in the office, especially if you're in an open plan, especially if you're more of a rowdy company culture make sure there is someplace comfortable to work. So like not just like one tiny, tiny phone booth that people can work quietly. It doesn't have to be dead silent, but like they don't have to worry about someone shouting across the room, about hearing the phone call down the room, about the dog barking. Because for a lot of people, the the way that their brain works and, and the way that stress works if they're already having a bad day with anxiety, they already have a bad day with depression, whatever it may be, having that kind of input, it seems so small to someone who might be like more neurotypical, but on bad days, um, or if you, I, I'm, I believe, and I think Deb can speak to this more, if um, you have someone in your office that's on the autism spectrum, though that noise that seems so little to some people just completely shuts me down i i can't block it out the same it interferes with my thought process it interferes with like my focus and it's not just like i can't hear what i'm doing or whatever it's like it it puts me so much more on edge so if you to employees if you can find a space that's quiet um, to work or even just to meditate for five minutes makes a huge difference. And then to businesses, making sure that there is that space available. I just wanted to throw it out there. I just thought of it. It's really helpful for me. So maybe it's helpful for someone else. Okay, now we can end.
1: <laughs> I think that's a great point. But wrapping up, uh, you can find us, um, like always at persistingincolor@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Feel free to just say hi, stop by, drop in your questions, your concerns, your feedback. We are all for it. We are also on Instagram at persisting underscore in underscore color. And just like our email, feel free to DM us. Feel free to like our content. Um, And again, we are always so grateful to all of our listeners and we are all in this together. We will all uh, get through, you know,
0: the 2020
1: (laughs) together and um, we will all come out of this stronger than ever. Like always, catch us next time. We'll see you.
0: Catch us on the flip side, bro.
1: All right. Bye. Bye.